0: Welcome back to uh, What's the Point? Uh, For a little bit of review before we finish off our last day here, this whole class was uh, taking a moment to ask the question what's the point? Uh, Christians make a huge deal out of certain things God, loving people, going to church. What's the point? Why do they do that? And the first day we said, we asked, why does God matter? Like, what's the point of making Him our ultimate priority? And the answer was that Jesus is the only one who is forever. He's the only one who always has been, is, always will be. He's the only one whose who's shine never fades. Remember we talked about uh, we can't fit into our old clothes, new exciting things, the excitement doesn't last, our suit pants rip. Uh, Jesus doesn't do those things. He lasts forever. And He's the only one who can call and hold our attention. Yesterday we asked the question, why does loving people matter? Why? Or what's the point of doing things for other people? And the answer was that there are so many voices in your your world, in your lives, in your head that uh, are telling you what matters and what doesn't. Who matters and who doesn't what you were meant for, what your purpose is. And God tells us His voice, like a good shepherd, a good caretaker, tells us that you were made, your purpose was to be loved by God, to love God and to love people. Jesus, His prayer for you was that you would know Him and be with Him. His command, His said, He says the most important thing in your life is that you would know Me, be loved by Me, love me and love people and today we're gonna ask the question we're gonna keep going and ask what's the point of church both like big c church little c church what's the point of church hopefully your youth leaders make a little bit of a big deal out of this why why do your parents talk about it why do your parents make you go why do your youth leaders ask you to come why so first question raise your hand just for the sake of efficiency does anyone ever go to church because they have to? Raise your hand. I've done that. Does anyone go to church sometimes because they're paid to go to church sometimes? If you didn't raise your hand and you work for the church, you're lying. Does anyone go to church even when they don't want to go to church? Great. What? Raise your, I want to hear what you guys think. Raise your hands on this. What makes church hard? What about church makes it difficult? Yeah. Good. Shh. Sometimes it's hard to pay attention. What do you got? Shh. Yeah. Sometimes it's early in the morning and I'm tired. And when the old guy up front is teaching sometimes in like a big gown, I want to fall asleep. Yeah. What do you got? I want you to fall asleep and it's hard to not talk for <laughs> my... Some of y'all's services are long. It's hard not to talk. Yeah, what do you got? You have to wake up early. Okay. Uh Okay, who has to wake up before 9 o'clock on Sunday? If you go to church on Sunday. Who has to wake up before 8 o'clock on Sunday if you want to go to church on Sunday? Does anyone have to wake up before 6 o'clock? 7 o'clock? Did I jump too far down? Okay, that's fine. Alright. Did you have some, What else makes church hard? Yeah? Um, sitting still and, and trying not to fall asleep very long. Yeah, sitting still. I think part of the reason why chairs at church are uncomfortable is to make sure you don't fall asleep. Right? <laughs> the pew is uncomfortable, so I'm not comfortable to fall asleep. Yeah, what do you got? It's a big speech. Shh. It's a big speech with really long words. Yeah. Does anyone ever get confused by what the old dude up front says? Yeah. <laughs> Jim, you guys too? Good. All right, hey, I want to flip it, though. Is there anything that makes church enjoyable? Yeah. Excuse me? Youth group. <laughs> Good job, youth guys and girls. What do you got? Youth group. What do you got? Shh. Um, well, I- Sometimes like, at Columbus will have a donut. Donuts. also, Yes. One of my favorite, I'm not ashamed to say it. One of my favorite things at Christ King Presbyterian Church in Houston, Texas yeah. is that every single morning, Shh. hey, y'all in the back, help me out here. One of my favorite things at Christ King in Houston, Texas is that every single Sunday morning we have thousands of Shipley's donut holes. It's so good. It's delicious. All right. So here's the thing about church church is a gift from God to God's people that shapes us, encourages us, sustains us, and grows us. Church is a gift from God to His people in order that we would be shaped, encouraged, sustained, and grow. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for this morning, for my friends, for an opportunity to sit just for a few minutes uh, and to talk about this, to be able to ask important questions like why do we even go to church? Spirit, I pray that You would convince our hearts this morning, uh of its benefit, of why we need it, of why it's really, really good and exciting. It's in uh, Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen! Wow, thank you for that. All right. Okay, uh, we're going to take a little survey here. I want you to uh, raise your hands, don't say anything, raise your hands if you think video games are always, 100% of the time, always fun. Raise your hand if you think, no matter all times it's always fun. Okay, I want you to raise your hand if you think sometimes video games aren't always fun. That there's some percentage of time it's not fun. Uh, I, last year, one of the most, one of the most popular games right now, I think just, and probably always will be, is, uh, thank you, but I'm going to tell you what it is. I don't need you to guess. Uh, NBA 2K. I love 2K. And last year, I tried to do a My Player mode. This is when you can, like, take a picture of your face and put it in the video game. And you get drafted by a team. And I, like, like finagled it in such a way that I could be drafted by the Bulls, because go Bulls. And uh, I'm really sad D-Rose got hurt all those years ago. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, And I start playing, and I realize, man, my character's not very good. He's like a 65 out of 99 rating, uh, and that's not great. Uh, And so I was like, what do I need to do to get my guy better? Well, you got to go to, like, the gym and work out. You gotta like do practices. You gotta play every single game of the season. That's and honestly a little cheat code here, if you play the full twelve minute quarters you get way more time to build up your stats. So I did that for a while and it was great. I got up to like eighty four. It was awesome. It was I was it was really good. One of the complaints about NBA two K by the way is you kinda have to pay to make that stuff go faster. Uh, I had to what video game uh, players would say you had to grind it out you had to you had to grind to get your play, your player uh, leveled up. Are sports always fun? are plays yes. or playing music or swimming or doing dance is that a hundred percent of the time always fun yeah. No, okay, raise your hand and tell me why is it not always fun for those of you who said that Shh. what do you got Because you get sick of it, okay, what else? yeah. What did you say? You have to work hard? Yeah. You get tired. You get bored. Yeah, you get tired, you get bored. What's up? It's just the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Sure. What do you got? Yeah. Hey y'all real quick, hey, can I have everybody's eyes up here? Hey y'all, listen up. I'm gonna ask you guys lots of questions just like the rest of the time. Here's what I really need from you. Please uh, don't talk unless I'm calling on you. It's actually super distracting for me and for the people answering questions. And like, I don't know, I just want this time to be good and I feel like if we just keep doing the, the combo back and forth, it's gonna take away from that. So if y'all don't mind, I promise it won't be long. Let's just all stay focused here. If you need to sit down, stand up, do whatever you need to do, let's keep the chatter at a minimum. Uh, for those of you who play sports or play basketball or football or softball or volleyball, uh, this is what I'm talking about. Don't need that. Thank you, though. Uh, are sprints always fun? No. No. Yes. Uh, okay, for those of you in cross country, we get it. You're our punishment's your sport. Okay. Uh, if you're in band, uh, is practicing... The trumpet or the clarinet for two hours a night is that always fun? Okay, no. It is shh, bring it back. If you're in a play, uh, memorizing pages and pages of scripts is that always fun? Yes. No, it's not. It's it's really not. Okay. I'm sure. I think I read this somewhere. Stephen Curry shot over 1,000 shots a day since he was your age. He's arguably the greatest shooter of all time. Uh, he shot over 1,000 shots every single day to get to that point. People say you have to have 10,000 hours of practice to become a professional at something. If you want to be really, really good at something, you have to spend 10,000 hours doing it. I guarantee you, Stephen Curry would tell you, playing for the Golden State Warriors is fun. Winning lots of championships is fun. I also would promise you that if you asked him, hey, how about those 10,000 shots at 5 o'clock in the morning? How does that feel? He probably wouldn't tell you, yeah, for the last 15 years, that was always fun. You all know this to be true. You run sprints in basketball that aren't fun, so you can play basketball because it is fun. You practice music and plays and draw all the time. Well want to draw, maybe, but and it sometimes isn't fun, but you do it because the result is fun. Basically what I'm trying to say is, why do we do these things that sometimes feel uncomfortable, feel frustrating, because you think it's worth it? For the reward. For the reward. That's it, man. Y'all do, hopefully, some of you do your homework. For those of you who cheat on your homework, you're actually just cutting your legs out from underneath you. But, Some of y'all do your homework because you know if I learn these concepts, I'll do well on the tests. You're on sprints because you know in the fourth quarter, you'll outrun your opponents. My prayer today is that you and I would be convinced, even though we just talked about how sometimes church is hard, that we'd be convinced that it's worth it. So the first question we're going to answer today is this, what does Jesus think about the church? So if you could, turn to Ephesians 5 in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 5. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard this passage we're going to read. It's a pretty famous one for weddings because it actually talks about husbands and wives directly. Here's Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 27. Here's what it says. This is Paul, the guy John Traston, talking about uh, a large group, the killer of Christians turned Christian, uh, greatest missionary of all time, writing a letter to a, his friends in this place called Ephesus. And he's giving some instructions to some husbands. And he does something interesting. He compares how husbands should love their wives uh, to Jesus' relationship with the church. He says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing, cleansing her with, by the washing with the water. Excuse me, let's start over. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25-27. Here we go. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. I'm going to read it one more time. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but instead holy and blameless. Mikhail and I got married, uh, this this June will be three years ago, and uh, it was awesome, I liked it, uh, the wedding ceremony itself, pretty grateful for it. Christ the King's a really pretty church, like we have this huge sanctuary, the ceilings are really tall with wood, there's a beautiful cross in the front, and for the wedding we had like fake candles lining the aisles, uh, you know, everyone's dressed really well. I'm standing up front, if, if you're all like, in the crowd, and this is the front, I'm standing up front and like all my best friends are behind me, and we've got these cool blue suits on. We look really good. Our friend Greg, who's doing the, during the wedding, is standing next to me, and all of Michaela's best friends are over on this side. And all of our friends and family who didn't make the top ten uh, are over in the crowd watching And I'm sitting up there, I'm like, I'm fitting to get married. Whoa, I'm fitting to get married. This is great. Uh, And then the doors open, the crowd stands up, and Michaela, who is always beautiful but looked especially beautiful that day, starts walking down with her dad down the aisle. And I I didn't realize I was doing this, but apparently, as I stand up, I started walking down the aisle to meet her. Like... Which isn't like a thing you're supposed to do. I started just kind of like walking down the stairs to the point where the pastor behind me like grabbed my suit and kind of pulled me back. Uh, and people were giggling in the front rows just like you guys were doing. It was great. This thing like came over me. I saw my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife at that point. In, in 30 seconds, well, 10 minutes, my wife. Uh, and I was just like eager. I wanted to go see her. I wanted to go give her a hug. I wanted to tell her how beautiful she was, how much I loved her. And y'all, I'm not an awesome dude. Like, I'm okay. Uh, And what Jesus says in Ephesians 5 is that hey, He actually tells husbands, love your wife as much as Jesus loves the church. He's comparing, He's telling husbands, this relationship you have with your your wife, um, it kind of mirrors... The standard for how you're supposed to do that is how much Jesus loves the church. In other words, as eager as I was for Michaela, God is so much eager, so much more eager, so much more excited, so much, so much so much more proud. Loves you so much more. God loves he loves the church. He loves the church, big C, anyone who's a Christian, anybody who claims Christ to be their rescuer, their hero, He loves you. He loves the church, little C. All those little pockets of people who claim Jesus to be their rescuer who meet on Saturday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night who kind of come together to say, oh, you too? He loves the church. He loves the church so much. Look what it says. He loved the church and gave Himself up for her. I would, I think... I'm 99.9 a billion times certain I would die for my wife if I had to. Jesus already did. He gave up his life for you. I don't know how you could prove your love for someone more than dying for them. Is there any other way? And he did. He says, "I love the church. I love you so much that he died for you." But he also says something else, which is pretty crazy. He says, "I'm going to make the church holy and blameless." I'm gonna set them apart and make them perfect. Here's the tough part about doing sprints for your football team or your softball team or your volleyball team is there's no guarantee that you running the sprints means a W on the court, right? I mean, we've all experienced it, haven't we? We put a lot of effort in on our homework and we still get a bad grade. We put a lot of effort in the sprints and the drills and we still lose the championship. Heck, maybe we don't even get to the championship. Uh, We put a lot of effort in memorizing scripts and the play doesn't go well. God's promise to you and to me is that the effort is worth it because the promise is sure. This is not a hope like, man, I hope I get a PS4. This is a hope of it's going to happen. Christ is married to His bride. He's married to the church. He's looking out for them. And it's going to happen. He's going to make you blameless. He's going to make you spotless. He's going to make you perfect. How does this work? That's all really cool. But like, what's the actual like, way in which this happens? There's a really fancy term that the church uses a lot It's called the means of grace. you you ever heard this term before? The means of grace? Here's what the means of grace means. It means uh, the way in which you experience God. How do we experience God? We experience Him through the sacraments, that's the Lord's Supper, through baptism. We experience God through prayer. And we experience God through the Scriptures. Reading and hearing pastors preach on Sunday mornings, evenings, or Saturday nights. So why do you gather for worship? Why, what's the point of church? Why is church important? Well, we gather for worship because we need community with one another. Do y'all remember what we talked about yesterday? I want y'all to do this again. Think of the thing in your mind that you think is the most positive, true thing about you. Y'all do it right now. Close your eyes and think, what's the, what's, if I were to give myself a compliment, what's the thing that I would think of right now? Man, I'm really good this? What would you, you don't have to tell me, but I want you to think about it. Alright, I want you to raise your hand. Is there ever time in life when you doubt that that is actually true about you? Anybody? Great. You know why you need friends? Especially friends who are Christians who also have that same kind of thing going through their mind? So they can tell you what you think is true of you is actually true. What well, you believe, that positive thing that God's wired in you, that's made you for that's actually real and it's a big deal because God put it there it's like we talked about yesterday loving people in the community of God is you telling basically you committing to someone emotionally you're worth something you're actually valuable this is true we need other people in our lives to remind us of that like Mufasa needed Simba the other way around, Simba needed Mufasa why do we worship? Why do we eat the Lord's Supper and participate in baptism and hear the Word preached and pray? Because we need community with God. Guys, remember what we talked about yesterday. God made you to be with Him. And this is the way that we can. This is kind of a, a side note, but a really f- a cool thing. Have you all ever thought about communion before? Like, It's kind of a weird thing, right? If a stranger just walked in and saw a bunch of people like, Walk in a line, go down the aisle. Walk in a line. Thank you for the cracker. <laughs> Thank you for the grape juice or wine. Boop, boop. And then, you know, dump the cup and keep going. That's kind of a weird thing to witness, right? But at least at Christ King, we do that every week because it's really important. Because here's what's happening: every week, Jesus is saying, "Hey, please remember what I did for you. Please remember that my body was broken for you, that I bled out for you." That I gave my life for you because I love you so much, and then he says, "Come and eat the bread to remember. Come and eat, drink the wine to remember." Really, what he's saying is, "Come participate in every part of what makes a person a person." You hear the words said. You taste the bread and the wine. You see the people around you that are also in the same boat with you that need a hero. Ah, it's a cool thing. When I was in college. <clears throat> I played football. It was fun. Uh, but our coaches gave us this like huge regimen for eating. Uh, like every three hours I had to eat. You know this. <laughs> he played at Air Force. He was actually probably way better at football than I was. Um, but anyway, um, uh, they give you a regimen. Like every three hours you have to eat a certain amount of food, uh, you have to eat a certain type of food, and you have to work out. That's been, That was my life for four years. And the purpose of that was so that I would grow and get swole. And it worked, okay? That was a weird brag, but it's true. I was big, I was strong, I was fast. Like, they knew what they were doing. They turned little boys into, like, huge, monstrous people. Uh, like, we were, we were animals. Uh, anyway, uh, But the point was, I needed certain foods to grow. I wanted to be a certain thing a good, healthy, strong football player and I needed this food to get me there. I needed this regimen to get me there. Can I, can I tell you all something? If you want to, to be free from anxiety from that, uh, that sin in your life that you just can't get rid of if you want to grow spiritually, period God has given you the church to, to help you do that. Like I need food to grow. We need physically. We need the church to grow spiritually. We need people in our life. We need a community of people who love God and experience and the experience of God through them to grow spiritually. That's just how it works. This will be our last thing. Still, having all said all those things, I think it's still hard for some of us to do things that are difficult at first. If we don't know it, it's worth it. So can we turn to Psalm 23? We're going to close with just these few things. Psalm 23. Most of y'all there? Here's what... Swam. Here's what, swam <laughs> that's weird. Here's what Psalm 23 says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a song from David, he's describing God as a shepherd in relation to sheep. Does anybody know this little 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 quiz here. Tell me what you know about sheep. Does anybody know anything about sheep? They're furry. They're furry. What else? What do you got? If one yeah, this is a good no, this guy's brought up a good point. If one jumps off a cliff, they all jump off a cliff. Y'all ever seen, uh, is it Ice Age 3 when the dodo birds like all fall off the cliff and that's how they got extinct? That's, that, that's one? Ice Age 1, that's sheep. They just fall off the cliff all one after the other, yeah. If they fall down, they can't get up and they also don't drink if, if water's like moving. Yeah, water has to sit still or they won't drink because they're afraid of it. Uh, and then, yeah and they fall down they don't stand out yet. Can I tell you something here's what sheep do shh. Do y'all know what sheep do when they get scared? Can I show you here's what they do when sheep get scared they go uh-huh, and then fall That's what they do If a wolf shh, if a wolf shows up to try and eat a sheep if I were a sheep I would think I should run away I should kick him. I should get my friends together and we'll all kick them. But no, what a sheep does is a sheep goes, and then falls. And they just lay there. They kind of, y'all try, There's always that guy at church who, like, if I just, like, I can be seen when I walk out like this, but if I walk out like this, no one can see me. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that guy? They're like, everyone sees me? No one sees me. Everyone sees me? No one sees me. The sheep kind of think in that way. They're like, I'm moving, everyone can see me? Mah. No one can see me. The wolf can still see you. You're still gonna be eating for lunch. Okay? Sheep here's the thing. Sheep are also this is how this is how gross and dumb sheep are. Do you know where sheep go to find water to drink? The closest water. Do you know where also sheep go to find a place to go to the bathroom? The closest water. So you know what sheep do? Sheep. Pee and poop in the same water that they would probably drink out of. That's what they do. That's what sheep do. It's nasty. I thought I could say pee and poop is miserable. Right? Cool. They're also very delicious. So, I know it's gross, but bear with me, exactly. y'all. Here's my last point. So when David writes in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack for anything. He, he makes me lay down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters, still waters, fresh water. What he's saying is this. On our own, without the Lord, we also make silly decisions like, see, like sheep. Sheep make the silly decision to go in the bathroom in the same place they would find refreshment. We make silly decisions. What's the point of all this? What's the point of the church? What's the point of loving people? What's the point of making God a priority? The reason all of this matters, the reason we're talking about this, is because it's the difference between finding fresh water and finding gross water that sheep have peed in. For you and I to be at our best, for you and I to function with joy, with abundant life as God promises to give us, this is where we go from here. This is what we're meant for, to be with God, to be loved by God, to love God, to love people, and to do it in a community of friends. Well, real quick, this is the starting point for your life. It's your true north. If you need to find directions, you look for true north, and you move from that place. This is your true north. And can I, for some of y'all, you're going into sixth grade. Some are going into seventh, eighth, and a few of you might be going into high school. Can I tell you something? That, yeah. Well, this is okay. Well, listen. This is especially for y'all, then. So pay attention. Junior high is hard, high school is really hard. Because there's a lot of anxiousness, a lot of feeling worried, a lot of feeling insecure. Without God, without this, Without this true north, you will constantly be trying to figure out who you are. It's just the way it is. The world tells us that who you are is what you do. It's not true. The world tells you that who you are is what you've achieved. It's not true. The world tells you who you are is what friend group you're in. It's not true. The world tells you is what neighborhood you live in. It's not true. The world tells you who you are is what color of skin you have. It's not true. What's the most true thing of you is that you are a son and a daughter of God. That is your true north. Without this, you will feel anxious, worried, and insecure and be searching and fighting for anything to make you feel valuable the rest of your life. Y'all, real quick. Gentlemen. Final point. What is the point? Y'all, the point is, the reason why your youth pastors give up their life to love and to serve you, the reason why your pastors and uh, your family make such a huge deal, that God's important, that church is a big thing, and loving people is a big deal, the reason behind all of it is because we, like John talked about last night, we've we've gotten a taste that this is the only thing that will actually give you life. If you want joy, if you want a sturdiness, a strength going through the rest of your days this is where it's found and here's the thing I'm going to be praying for all of you the rest of the week as I go back home because I know for some of you you've been listening and you've been hearing it and you're buying it this is it this is where life is found this is where the fresh water is for some of you you need to go taste the nasty water man that makes me really sad that's what I had to do too um, so what's the point? With God, there is life. With God, there is joy. You can find it by loving people, by loving Him, and doing it in the context of a local church with a community of friends around you. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for my friends for this week.